As Pastor Rick said, my name's Joe Valenti, and uh, I serve with our student ministries here, our 6th through 12th graders, and I'm excited to be with you guys. We're in a series called B, and it's about the Beatitudes. And if you've missed any of our weeks um, up to this point, you can jump on cvconline.org. On the top, there's a button that says watch and listen, and you can see all the, uh, all the services from the previous weeks. You can kind of catch up on what's been going on. But the Beatitudes begin in Matthew 5, and they're the first recorded words of Jesus. And they're the introduction to a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, these, these statements, they all start with, blessed are, um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for instance, is our one today. They all uh, are kind of this profile of what a Christian should be. See, at this time, Jesus is probably talking to to mostly Jewish people. And they're used to the Old Testament sacrificial system. But Jesus is inaugurating a new way of doing things, a new way that our relationship with God happens. And so he gives these things, these, these beatitudes, they're kind of a profile of what a person will look like in, in Jesus's family, kingdom. And then he goes on, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is kind of an exposition about what that looks like in daily life. And so I was looking at today's text, and for, you know, I knew about this back in July, and so I've been looking at it and studying and trying to figure out what what I was going to teach, and uh, I went to Creative Team two weeks ago, and I said, here's my ideas. And uh, Josh Stone was like, hey, man, like, you're, you're, you're moving on to something else too quickly. And he said that because, like, it's just one verse, right? Like, I was like, I can't just preach one verse. There's not a whole lot there to preach. And so he was like, yeah, keep, keep looking at it, man. Keep looking at it. And so I did, and then I came up with some, with some new thoughts. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to go back. Like when you take Bible uh, interpretation in, in, in seminary, the, one of the first things that they say is they say, look at the text, then look at it again then read it some more. Don't go to commentary, nothing. Just look at it. And so I'm reading Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And so I started to break down the verse, right? Blessed. Pastor Chad talked to us about that in week one, that blessed is is actually, uh, it translates happy. Uh, But that, like, for us, it sends off like these these visions of like what, what it means for us to be happy, this Americanized, um, self-satisfied desire. And it's, not really, um, it's not really the meaning of that word. It's more of like this happiness that comes from being in relationship with Christ. So blessed is translated happy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. So, I mean, what Jesus is doing there really is he's taking some of our normal... Um, like our normal desires, right? Like, I know hunger, like I like to eat, right? And so I get that. It sets off a word picture in, in my mind, like I, like I smoked ribs last night. So in case you're really hungry, that'll help. I smoked ribs last night and they were really good. And so I, and now I'm going to start thinking about that. Um, but he sets off, right? Like we're people where we, we like to eat. So, and we have a natural need to eat. So this hunger and thirst is like this deep, desire. But when you look at it in the Greek, those words are active present participle, which means it's happening 
all the time in the present. So every second should be happening. Hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst. This desire, this ongoing desire, just like every day we have a desire to eat and drink, so should our desire for righteousness be. So happy are the people who on an ongoing basis desire righteousness. What is, what, is, what is righteousness? We have to be careful, right? Because in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the righteousness of the Pharisees. Later in Matthew, he says about the Pharisees that, um, he says, woe to you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside is still dirty. So there's this false, this wrong kind of righteousness, this doing what is right in our own eyes. And there's a warning in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 7, 21 through 25, where there's these people, they show up in, in, in heaven before the throne of God, and he says, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, I never knew you. And, and like, these are people that they're, re- they're sure they're getting in. They're like, whoa, t- whoa, time out. I did good things. I did the right stuff. How come, I'm, how come I'm not in? That doesn't make any sense to me. But it's people who have not sought the righteousness of God, what God desires from us. So happy are those who desire on an ongoing basis the things of God, for they will be satisfied. The word for satisfied here is horazo, and it's, um, it's like this, uh, like gorging. You know how you feel after like Christmas dinner? You're like, oh, that's, that's, that's that word. Like satisfied is like the really full, like you just went to all you can eat shrimp at Red Lobster, that kind of, right, full. So happy are the people who on an ongoing basis desire the things of God, for they will eat their fill. That's what, that's what the verse says. And so I came up, I started writing a sermon about that and what it means and our desire for hunger and thirst and our need for righteousness and what kind of righteousness and looking through the Sermon on the Mount and digging all of that out. And I was sitting at my desk on Thursday and I was getting ready. I always practice preach to some people on Thursday afternoon. And I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to say. I just felt in, in my heart, I think his Holy Spirit move in my heart, like this is not what you're supposed to say. And so I was kind of in my office like, well, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Got to preach this weekend, Lord, right? And so, so I'm, I'm looking at it, and you can't see it, but like it's bolded several times right here, just, just the verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So what, is it, what does it not say? It doesn't say, blessed are the righteous people, for they will be satisfied. It doesn't say, blessed are those who do good things, for they will be satisfied. It doesn't say, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because Joe is going to tell you some awesome things to make your Sunday happy. It doesn't say any of that stuff. What it says is that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be satisfied. And all those conversations with Josh kind of came back, him saying, don't go too far out of this text before you really understand it. 
So I kept looking at it, and I thought, what these people need is not for me to preach. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness together. We need to call on the name of the Lord together. We need to repent together. And so um, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the band to come back out. And they have some music planned, and that's gonna be good. What I'm gonna ask you guys to do, and some of you are squirming already, like, oh geez, here we go. Eight o'clock is it was interesting because we we're we're like I I'm uncomfortable. Like I was telling Pastor Chad this morning, like, I'm going to give the second half of the service over to the Holy Spirit. And that concerns me. Like, like if I just preach for 35 minutes, I'm real comfortable. I can do that. But I really feel like the, the Holy Spirit needs to have control of these next few moments. And I'd be wasting, I'd be wasting our time if I didn't do what God's put on my heart. And that's for us to just seek his face together. And so as, you, as, we, as we think about that verse, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Maybe you just don't hunger and thirst for righteousness anymore. You know, in general, overarching. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. And you just kind of do your thing. Like you go to church and you read your Bible every morning and you're nice to people. You don't, but you don't like hunger, like desire every day on an ongoing basis the things of God. So maybe, maybe it's overarching like that. Or maybe for you, like what, is, what, what, what has happened to me this week is I've t- thought about this text and what we're going to do today. And I've seen these little slivers, these little slivers in my life where I go, whoa, whoa, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. St- Hungering and thirsting for righteousness there. I was, I was listening to the radio the other day, just driving along listening to the radio, and some comedy came on, and I like stand-up comedy. I like to laugh, and, and the, like the guy was saying some curse words. And I just kept driving, listening, and, and then as I thought through this text, like it was like, hey, <laughs> this, these, are, this is not, these are not the things of God. I'm not, I'm not trying to be legalistic. What I'm saying is my desire for righteousness and the things that go into my ears and that I see sometimes, that, that, that desire for righteousness has gone by the wayside. So what's the sliver maybe for you? You can play, Nate. It's okay. I don't want him to feel like he doesn't have to. What's, what's the sliver for you? Maybe you've been married for a long time, and so your relationship with your spouse it's just kind of like, uh, like you just do life together. And husband, you've, you've stopped trying to love your wife like Christ loved the church. You stopped longing and desiring for righteousness in that area. You just kind of live with her and put up with her. And wife, you've probably got more putting up with to do, right? And you just kind of like, you make him his lunch and you send him to work and you set out his clothes or, you know, do the wash or whatever. And it's just kind of like, like, yeah, like we just live together and it's fine. Like, oh man, that our marriages would hunger and thirst for righteousness together. I've been convicted of that this week. Maybe it's as a parent, 
Maybe you're so concerned that your kids would just listen to you. Just listen and do what I say. And you're not concerned about their, their righteousness or about teaching them the way that they should go. Maybe you're angry with them so much. And if you stepped back really today and you stepped back and you were like, oh, goodness. I'm not hungering and thirsting for righteousness as a parent. Maybe, maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you're so concerned about tomorrow and saving for college and the things you're going to do and what you want to buy that you're not hungering, for thirsting, hungering and thirsting for righteousness in the way that you spend your money. You're living with closed hands, with clenched hands, with greedy hands instead of open hands. Maybe you don't have anything. Maybe you've not had anything for a long time and you're so, so fed up with trying to make ends meet that that's all you're concerned about. You're just angry. You're angry with God. You're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness there anymore. It could be a hundred thousands of different things. Where's the little piece of your life? Like if you really sat back, if you really sat back and let the Holy Spirit convict your heart, you would say, wow, I'm not hungering and thirsting for righteousness there. I'm not desiring on an ongoing basis to do what is the heart of God in this part of my life. Maybe it's your desire for the world. There are over 3 billion people who've never heard the name of Jesus. Not people that have rejected him. People have not even heard the news. And maybe just like, yeah, I've heard that here before. I don't care. You've lost that hunger and thirst for the things of God. So what I think we need to do this morning, CVC, is ask the Holy Spirit to do that. Because what this verse, what that verse says is if you desire righteousness, what happens? You will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You will. You will be satisfied if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like, that's, I think, what I was missing this week. I'm looking at all this stuff Righteousness, hunger, and thirst. What can I teach these people? What I can teach them is you will be satisfied. But here's, here's the dilemma. We, we can't produce hunger and thirst for God on our own. And so it has to be this, God, would you, would, you, would you produce this desire for you and me that I can't produce on my own? Would you come? Would you convict my heart of sin? Would you break up the, the stony spots that have just gotten so hard over time that I, I, don't even, I don't even think about them anymore. I'm telling you folks, at the eight o'clock service, I said all this, I got off the stage, I sat down and we began to sing. And the areas where I'm compromising, hungering and thirsting for righteousness in my heart just started to come into my mind, come into my heart and I started to confess. Some of you are probably not happy because you're like, dude, if you could just preach, like just preach so I can sit here and I can go home. Sorry. Some of you are probably really like trying to stiff arm this right now because there's stuff in your heart that you don't want to deal with.
Doesn't say if you hunger and thirst for righteousness that you will receive condemnation. Doesn't say if you hunger and thirst for righteousness that God will kick you out of the club. It says he will, he will fill you. He will satisfy you. There is forgiveness for wherever you've been and whatever you've done. There's restoration and there's mercy and there's grace. So I'm going to hand this time over to what the Holy Spirit would want to do in your heart. And the band is going to play. And honestly, like, we're not used to this as a church, really. We've got, we've got time. <laughs> we've got time. And so you can sit in your seat if you want. You can open up your Bible if you want. If you look at the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot of stuff in there about how we should live, about anger and marriage and divorce and prayer and fasting. We had several people earlier. I, I just invited this, this space up on the front. When I was young, our pastor would often invite people up to the, to the altar, this holy space. And I, it's, 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 you know, carpet that used to be a basketball court. But whatever the Holy Spirit is, where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so you can come up and you can pray and you can kneel around here. You can go on stage. You can go around the wall. You can sit with your spouse. Maybe you need to go to somebody in the room. Maybe you need to go to somebody in the room and say, I've, oh man, I've been compromising righteousness in our relationship and I've been a jerk. I need to ask for your forgiveness. Maybe you just need to sing some of the words that we're going to sing. Maybe you need to kneel. Maybe you need to go back into the corner and pray with somebody. I want you to have freedom to allow the Holy Spirit to do some work in your heart. And we have time. We have time. So it's not like the one song game. So I'm, I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit will satisfy us if we hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's pray. Lord, that's our desire. I think this is what you've put on my heart this week, what our church needs. We do so much good. We do so much good stuff. I got an email about thousands of pounds of food being given away. We're going to give away all kinds of stuff for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. We have volunteers all over the place. You've got a great building and so it's really easy, it's really easy for us to hide. It's really easy for us to ignore those portions of our heart where we're compromising righteousness, or we're doing what we think is right, or we've just decided not to care anymore. So in this time, God, we invite you. We know that you're here, but we invite you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and move across this room. You would convict hearts that we would collectively seek what you desire. God, bring to our hearts and to our minds the areas where we're missing the mark. We give this time to you. We sanctify it. Do whatever you want to do, Lord. Amen.
Hosea 6, come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like rain like the spring rain watering the earth. Oh God, the story here is the same, Lord. The story in, our, in the midst of the church is the same, Lord, that we are so prone to wander, Lord. We're so prone to be assaulted by your enemy, Lord, by our own flesh and by the world, Lord, that we can move away from you, God, the God who loves us so greatly that he would send his own son to die for us. Lord, and we want to repent in earnest this morning, Lord. We want to come back to you, God. We want to say, Lord, break up the fallow ground of our hearts. Lord, don't let our hearts be hard, God. Break through, Lord. Take awesome power, Lord. Take whatever necessary, Lord, and open the doors of our heart. Lord, don't let the darkness remain. Don't let us live apart from you, Lord. Don't let us drift away from you, O God. But Lord, instead, Lord, come mightily, Lord, like the rushing wind that filled the room on Acts 2. Lord, you are almighty and you are powerful. You are lovely, Lord, and you desire, Lord, a people set apart for yourself. So, Lord, we come this morning, Lord, we bow before you. We bow before this throne of grace, hallelujah, a throne of grace and mercy, a throne that you tell us we can come to boldly that we can come before you and seek for grace and mercy in our time of need. Lord, this is our time of need. Lord, we need your touch, Lord. We need your spirit to move in our hearts. Lord, we need you to touch us again and again. Lord, like the manna that fell from heaven, Lord, we need you every day. And Jesus, you're not just, you're not like the manna, Lord. You're the bread of life, like you told the Samaritan woman. Lord, you're the living water. You drink of this water. You said, who he is thirsty, drink of this water and living, living waters. You'll become a fountain will flow. Lord, let that fountain flow into our hearts again today. Let us become those fountains again, Lord, that we might touch others around us with life and living water. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you're the bread of life. Lord, you told your apostles, Lord, I have bread. I am the bread. He who eats of this bread will live forever. Oh, God, let us thirst for you, Jesus, for you are the righteousness of God. And you became sin who knew no sin, that we might become your righteousness. Oh, God, broken people like us. Nothing but men and women who fall so far short, God. And yet you raise us up through the blood of Christ, through the perfect sacrifice, through the cross, through the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, through your beautiful Son who came to ransom us from sin and death and to give us life. Oh, Holy Spirit, only you can make us holy. Only you can make us holy, but we pray and we cry out to you, make us holy. Sanctify us, set us apart. Move in the areas where we're weak, Lord. Move in the areas, Lord, where we're just dusty, where, Lord, we've compromised. 
Lord, I know you're looking for a people who are in worship doing what is appropriate, and that is, Lord, presenting ourselves to you as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to you. Lord, we didn't come today to receive, God. Or no, Lord, we didn't come to receive from the the preacher. Lord, we came to give ourselves to you. We came here today, Lord, to offer to you ourselves as living sacrifices. Lord, we're in need, but you're our supply. You're our heavenly resource. You are our strong tower. You are the mighty God. Lord, your love is Niagara Falls. (laughs) And our little mist coming up is our love back to you. Lord, pour out your love. Pour out your love, Lord, just like the falls. Lord, don't stop. Don't stop, Lord. Let your love fall upon us today, Lord, and convince us to repent, Lord God. Convince us, Lord. Grant us, Lord, a, a heart to come back to you with all of our mind and all of our strength and all of our will. Cleanse us deeply, Lord, and set us apart to be an army for you, a people for you, God. Lord Jesus, I know you love these people. I know you love them, Lord. I know you died for them, Lord. Let them know you, God. Let them ascend that holy hill, Lord, with clean hands and a clean heart. Lord, let us be those in Isaiah that respond to your call when you said to us, come, reason with me. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Though they be red stained, Lord, you'll make them crimson. You'll take that crimson stain and make it white as wool. Thank you, God, that you, you draw us, Lord. Lord, we are drawing close to you. Lord, as we continue in this service, Lord, hear from heaven. Lord, see us. See us bent low, Lord God. See us desiring you, Lord God. Lord, and draw close to us as we continue to seek you today. In Christ's name, amen. Isaiah 51, or sorry, 55 verse 1 says, Come, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. (laughs) Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why do you spend your money on things that are not bread? And your labor (laughs) for that which doesn't satisfy. Listen to me and eat what is good. And delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Why do we want to be righteous people? We need to be, we need to be careful, right? We need to be careful because just doing the right things is not the goal. If you're here and maybe all of this is a bit confusing to you, I want you to know that at CVC, we believe that you can find a new life in Jesus Christ, that your life can be radically changed by the power of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? 
What it means is this, is not, hey, let's pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and just do good. This, this time of seeking the Lord is not about, let's see if we can just be better people. If you've missed it or you've never heard it before, the message of Jesus is this. We're screwed up. We're screwed up. This world is a mess. And it's a mess because of sin. And the, the, the biggest problem with sin is that sinful people cannot coexist with the Holy God. That's a big problem. And so Jesus Christ, he looked, he looked down on these people that he and his father had created. And God the Father asked him, would you, would you go? Would you go and would you save these people? And Jesus, he didn't have to. Philippians says that he humbled himself and became like a servant. He humbled himself. And he came to the earth and he lived a perfect life so that when he died, he took the penalty for your sin and for my sin. That is what we're about at CVC. The admittance, the poor in spirit attitude that we have nothing to bring to the table, but that Jesus Christ can take out a heart of stone and replace it with a heart that loves him. And all it takes is to accept that truth and to give your life to Jesus Christ. And you will have new life. And so if you're here this morning, you've never heard that. You've never given your life to Christ. I want to invite you to do that this morning. And maybe you're here and the Holy Spirit has just moved in your heart and there are things in your heart and your life that you've laid down, that you've confessed. Today is the day of new life for you too. Today is the day to live new, to live new in the grace and mercy that Jesus Christ has provided. I want to be careful not to, not to speak too much because the Lord was very clear with me this week. This is not about you talking. This is about me working. And so... Um, Here's what we're going to do as we, as, we, as we close. This is the late service, and so um, that means nothing is happening after this. So, when, like, a lot of things need to happen. We, th this environment wasn't going to work <laughs> to take offering. So there, there are baskets in the back. There will be ushers in the back. And as you leave, if you have an offering or a prayer card that you'd like to put in those baskets, we'd encourage you to do that. Um, if you have children, we'd ask that you go pick up your children. You can bring them back in if you want. Um, we're just going to, like, just want to invite you to stay and pray if you need to. It's a good thing about the 11 o'clock. Nobody's on your heels. So if you need to stay in this room, you can stay in this room. If you need to get together with some friends, you need to go to somebody. Maybe you need to go to somebody. In this time, the Holy Spirit brought somebody to your mind, and you've, and you've wronged them, or you've had a bad attitude. You've not sought righteousness in your relationship. You're welcome to do that. If you need prayer, if you'd like to meet with one of our staff, there's some lamps on in that back corner, and there's some guys and gals that would love to pray with you. But I just, 
I want to I want to leave you with this. This, if if this is the end, we're, we've not followed the scriptures. I just I want to remind you that that verb again is present active. So when you get in your car, and your kids are like <laughs> present active, seeking righteousness and the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment. This afternoon at home, at your job tomorrow. Things that go in your ears and you see with your eyes, the attitudes that we have at work with our spouses, present, active, all the time, seeking, God, what what did you what what would you have me do? Renew in me the hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's the proof that's in the pudding. If we do this and go out the doors and live like we used to, who cares? We had an emotional time. The evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in your heart and life is what happens when you walk outside. And that's between you and God. I love you guys, CBC. And I hope that you have met with the Lord today. That's all I have to say about that. Have a fantastic afternoon. If you'd like to stay and continue to worship, you're free to do so. Amen.